Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. We hot? We're hot. All right. It's nice. I mean, we're not hot, but we're <laughs> it's live. Definitely, no, it's hot. It's, it's temperature-wise hot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fucking up my rut. Yeah, you're telling me, bro. It's like 75 degrees in the sun today when I was in the tree stand. I couldn't take it. Yeah, that was yesterday. When I got, let's see, it was a Saturday I went out, and I think it was 83 degrees. Ugh. It was brutal. Man, and it, you know, it's only going to be worse. I, we got like one more day here, and then it's, it's, it's going to break. So Yeah, we got that nice uh, pile of rain coming in, running my uh, off day for Veterans Day. So I'll sit and edit video all day. Uh, and then uh then we get into a cold snap yeah i'm I'm excited because we got the same thing coming here so i can't wait man nothing better than that dude but it's nice to be back home i will say that it is it is nice to be home but <laughs> there's I miss, some hesitation there steve i'm i miss the deer in ohio already <laughs> i wish that we had the deer of ohio in our home states dude i wish i had the just that kind of property it's true. I mean, it was stupid, stupid. It it was a great. It it's unexplainable, bro. I I the people that live there are gifted. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I wish I could be there. Yeah, if I hunted that for three or four or five years, hoping to get a big deer, Ugh. I'd realize I got a lot to learn. What the hell? Because week and a half in. We got it done. We we should be bringing home what we discussed, 330 inches of bone. If not more. We, we still brought 166 home, but, you know, that damn twig. And we went out there and did that on a week. Ugh. So can you only imagine if we lived there and could actually study it? It'd be stupid. there would be insane. Could you imagine? Like, it's just those tactics, though. Like, I've always said this, dude, and I know I'm going to get shit for this, and I am sorry, but I have to just let it go. Put Eastern Hunters in the Midwest. And And we get shit done. Get it done. I mean, it's just one week. It's all it took. And it wasn't a, oh, we got lucky and saw one deer. Every day we saw multiple shooters. Yeah, I think I, I tallied up eight shooters from 120 up. Yeah, and I think I had six above 120. Yep. So One I mean, of them in the 170 to 180 range. <laughs> Just saying. Jesus Christ. Eastern tactics in the Mr. Midwest. Ohio. Yeah, it, it's oh. stupid. If I, I am watching feeds to make sure nothing happens because I will be diving my ass back in there next year. Oh, there's a, no doubt. I got a vendetta on that son of a bitch. Yeah, hopefully hopefully he doesn't uh, disappear. But I'll tell you, is that I think a Midwest hunt every season would be great. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's hard because I know we have the opportunities in Iowa. We have the opportunities in Illinois. We have opportunities in Kansas. But I'm, I'm 
right now I'm mentally stuck on Mr. Ohio. And I don't think that we finished what we started in Ohio just yet. No, that, that was, I, I think really just like don't. the, that was the green light. We haven't it's, hit the red light. Oh my God. It was just, it, it was cool, man. And, and I got to, and you still haven't hunted the mountains of Ohio neither. Right. We should have went up there, but um, that's another whole other experience. And, and it's like hunting out East in the Midwest. Yeah. Midwest deer on Eastern terrain. I'm in. Game over. Not saying that we're the best, but just saying that we put ourselves on deer, man, with a little bit of help from the others around us. So it was fucking cool, man. Yeah. So what's your big plans? trip now being back east and home? What is your big plans and what do you got going on, man? Dude, I'm just diving into two or three new pieces. Um, went into where we got those does back at the meat factory. Some great sign, got some cameras hung, got a preset hung. Uh, depending what the camera pull on Friday looks like, I may hit that all day Saturday. And if there's nothing on the camera worth chasing, I'm going to dive down the river and just do the uh, the good old go in at sunup and find the sign and, and watch those magic hours between, between 10 to 2, clear through dark and and just try to get it done. It's crazy how much like midday movement there is right now. Like, oh yeah, it's nuts. With the heat and everything that's going on, like everyone's like, I don't know why I'd be in the stand, but then you go in the stand and there's just deer everywhere. Dude, I mean, not everywhere. Just look across all the different social feeds right now. People are dropping big deer in 90 degree weather. The deer don't it's, stop. Rutting. It's the rut. It's gonna. They're gonna move. It still happens in Georgia. It still happens in Tennessee. It still happens in all these southern states that are hot. I mean, it's all about where you put yourself. It's so true. If, if you're sitting the field edge or the fence row or, you know, all the stupid shit that is standard that you see on TV, yeah, it's going to be slow for you. But you put in the kind of effort we did in Ohio and you get back into those holes, you know, and you're walking in the woods at 4 a.m. to try to find a spot before sunup and you get back in there. You're going to see deer. It's going to happen. You get near those beds, those food food near beds. I mean, they got to get up. They got to feed. And the bucks are pushing them around out of the beds. And so they're definitely moving. I mean, and there's those days that those deer don't move during the day. I mean, it happens. But nine times out of ten when you're in there, them deer are definitely moving this time of year. I mean, it's Not just, for it's sure. It's inevitable, bro. Um, I, we have tons of friends back home. I mean, those early mornings right now are fire when it's cold in the morning. Yep. Um, and it dies down as the day goes on, but I mean, there's still those midday cruisers. So, I mean, you can't miss it. It could be that opportunity. Um, one of the big bucks here was shot down. Uh, one of the big ones that a lot of guys were chasing here in Connecticut, uh, finally hit the dirt two years in the makings. There's a fucking giant dude. I bet you it's going to go over 180, 190, Jeez. which is a giant here. Yeah. That's um, insane. He was bigger last year. Um, seeing all these guys they were all chasing it and he was he was frequently in public land too but uh, a landowner ended up shooting him so on a nice property so but they're getting shot man it was the middle of the day 10 o'clock in the morning so them them big boys are definitely up there moving for sure i i personally got a couple different spots uh went into one and where i shot my buck last year and big huge scrape line opened up so, of course, I couldn't help myself, and I went in there and sat this morning. Uh, I went in there. I woke up. 
all right, so this is what happened. I slept in a little bit because I had pulled my back yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, I woke up. It was like 3 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, my back's still kind of fucked up. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to sleep. And then I'll get up and I'll do my chores. And then Wednesday's going to rain. Thursday's going to rain. And then I'll hit it hard Friday, Saturday. And then continuing the next week. And then I got text messages from like three of my buddies. And they're like, there's everywhere. There's deer everywhere. And I'm like, fuck, dude, what the hell? So I get up and I went to that spot and I sat there from 8 a.m. till about 3.30 p.m. And didn't see a single fucking deer. So Missed that morning movement. It just it happens, man. So I tomorrow's going to be real warm. I don't think I'm going to get out in the morning. I, I just checked the weather and... At sunup, it's supposed to start raining, and they're calling for almost an inch of rain, so <sighs> I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to let it clear the area, kill off all the scent, all the intrusion from last night, putting everything in, and when that rain stops, I'll make my move. It's And, and I, I'm with that, man. It's not going to rain until probably, I don't know, fucking 10 o'clock here. But it's going to be mad warm in the morning, so I figured I'd just sit it out. Um, let everything kind of calm down and yeah. the rain come, slow everything up, and get back in after it. But it is what it is, man. This is weird, weird, weird warm front right in the middle. Like, I'm out there in a T-shirt. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm in Georgia. Yep. It's but, stupid. It ain't supposed to be this warm in the middle of November. Not at all, man. But... but it is, is what it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> As the WCB boys say, Dougie, it is what it is. <laughs> Crazy shit. Well, but I guess as is. we get get rolling, we're just going to have to uh, keep to the grind and make it happen. Yeah, I foresee some good things happening here, man. I mean, things are really starting to turn up. A lot of deer hitting the ground, some good deer. Um, and then worst comes the worst, man, for us. Shotgun season's about to start. <laughs> I'm ready. Muzzle loader's already rolling, and uh, rifle kicks off Saturday. Oh, that's awesome, man! So, it, it, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm still on the fence, but man, there's nothing like sitting with a 300 wind mag, knowing that anything within 700 yards is done. Ooh. I haven't done it in years, but this year I'm really contemplating. It might just come back, dude. It just might come back. Yeah, you know, if Ooh. I find the right spot. Something's going to die. Somebody had tagged us today. One of the full draw guys. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. They had tagged us in one of their posts. Do, 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 do. Oh, and big, uh, big, big congratulations to Scott Shear from Broadside Camo. He knocked down a buck today. Yeah, he broke his him, streak, man. Which is fucking pretty cool, man. I'm and he's fun. been grinding. He's been going at it hard, so I'm glad he finally got it done. Uh, it was it was little Lewis three? Uh, he's the new. Um, he's yeah, one of the new. The new full draw. Team full draw member. guys, and he he had wrote. He said any 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 more. I am I am filled with a sense of sadness as rifle season approaches. There is a peace throughout the woods that seems to vanish into thin air during bow season. I feel I am the I am one with the woods anyone else feel this way yeah i saw that it's so true man when i was sitting in the stand like i said muzzleloader's underway so sitting in the stand last night that last hour i counted 17 shots on the neighboring private 
all within hearing range. Of course, I'm in a canyon, so, you know, it travels, but 17 shots. What do they, I, I don't get that. They're, they're sitting on ag fields, and when them deer come out, they pop them. And they're non-discriminate. They're not trophy hunting or meat hunting. So it walks out and it's brown, it's down. Mountain mutants. Yeah. That's, they just that's, let them rip. That's how they feed the fam. Yep. That's cool, though. I'm all about it. So. 17's a fucking lot, though. Well, you've seen what kind of deer and how many deer run through there. So yeah. can you imagine what it looks like over on the private ag? Yeah, that's very true. I mean, look at the video of all the bucks that were on the across the river. Yep. So it I goes mean, to show. They're there. But I'm hoping that that pushes them all off the ag, pressures them, and gets them up where I'm at. And that's and that's exactly what will happen. So it's all good, man. Good you shit. some monsters. That's the hopes. I can't wait to pull these cameras and, and see what's been making all that fresh sign in there. Ugh. Fingers crossed that uh, that mountain mutant in there actually is a mountain mutant. And if not, he'll still get whacked. He'll still get it. He'll still get it. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. Nope. He's full racked. He's going down. He's getting the Zeus cut on him, man. That's Fuck right. Full, full send. <laughs> so, well, man, why don't we, uh, why don't we move this train on? Yeah. Yeah, I think we can quit jaw jacking. And, and uh, from what I'm hearing, I think you ought to turn it up. Oh, hold on. Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews. We're going to start this one off in Michigan, where it has been a successful first elk season. Uh, there were 100 licenses awarded earlier this year for the 12-day season, which spanned three four-day hunts in September and October. Of the 100 licensees, uh, 83 of those hunters and an additional two uh, Michigan Pure Hunt winners harvested elk. Of uh, the 85 elk taken, there were 31 bulls, 52 cows, and two calves. There is a second season, which will run from December 12th to the 20th, for an additional 160 hunters who drew tags. And there will be a final elk season, uh, which will be held from January 13th to the 17th, uh, if the population management goals have not been met. Good news for the hunters so far, and good luck to those with tags in the upcoming seasons. Uh, now on to a couple states offering refunds for hunters this year. This year, uh, the first being Colorado, due to the continuing wildfires out west. Uh, however, not every license is eligible for a refund in Colorado. The wildfires are only impacting certain game management units, so hunters with access to unimpacted GMUs or licenses that are valid in multiple units uh, are not eligible for refunds. Uh, the impacted units so far are units 6 through 9, 18 through 20, 24, 25, 28 through 31, 140, S1, and S40. Uh, so if you had a hunt impacted by those fires, be sure to check your eligibility for a refund. Uh, and if you are eligible, you can also request reinstatement of any preference points used during the draw this year. Uh, refunds are also available for North Dakota whitetail hunters this year. Uh, this is due to 12 whitetail units with reports of EHD and due to the widespread reach of the disease in the western part of the state. Hunters with uh, whitetail licenses in units 3D1, 3D2, 
3E1, 3E2, 3F1, 3F2, and 4A, B, C, D, E, and F can turn back licenses for a refund. Uh, bonus points will also be restored to anyone who turns their licenses back in. Uh, this means that for uh, North Dakota, there are actually 9,000 license holders who are eligible for refunds this year uh, due to the EHD outbreak. But luckily, uh, North Dakota uh, Fishing Game uh, Department has stated that the current weather pattern is colder than average with below freezing conditions overnight, which will likely end this year's outbreak of EHD in the state. Uh, if you are eligible, uh, you need to act fast because your tag and a note requesting a refund must be submitted to the Fish and Game Department by November 5th. So now onto some good news and a possible new world record brown trout uh, being caught in New Zealand. The current record stands at 42 pounds, one ounce, caught in 2013. And the angler who caught the massive 44.3 pound brown trout has requested to rename remain anonymous, uh, but did reveal that the fish was caught in the Mackenzie Hydro Canals. Um, the fisherman actually took the catch to the Raza Bar and Bistro in Twizzle and has donated the massive fish to the bar uh, to be taxidermied and hung on the wall with the 38.9 pound and 38.2 pound trout that are currently there. So a great catch. Congratulations to the angler and a great gesture for uh, from this fisherman to, to donate that catch. So we're going to wrap this one up uh, with a little bit more of a controversial topic, uh, and that being gray wolves. So last Thursday, gray wolves were removed from the endangered species list in the lower 48 states after more than 45 years. Uh, this move is drawing praise from those who want um, to see the species managed by state and tribal governments and is receiving harsh criticism from those who believe the protection should remain until the wolves inhabit more of their historical range. So now management of the species will revert back to local wildlife agencies, uh, which was already the case in Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming, where hunting of wolves is already permitted. Uh, not sure how I feel about this one yet, uh, but I sure am interested to see how the states plan to manage the species moving forward uh, and if that will include any hunting in additional states. Uh, as always, if you have any news, please reach out to me. Haven't seen anything coming in lately. Um, Mike Salter on Facebook or Bearded underscore Bowhunter 21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Good to go, man. Thanks, Mikey. Appreciate it, dude. I hope you have a good season, as I say all the time. I know you're going to get out this weekend and hunt it up. So. Oh, yeah. We're waiting on the pictures, you, brother. I know it's going to come. And you better call me and let me know. Don't do this alone. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. So, good well, shit. good old Mikey, always dropping the news, dropping it hot. So, why don't we thank the sponsors or the people that help us, that we're partnered with, and uh, get on with the show. Yeah, let's do it, man. Take it away. All right. First off, I'd like to thank Nor'easter Game Calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com. Uh, go and check them out. Get all your custom calls. You all know what's already there. So, uh, Wild Edge Inc., wildedgeinc.com, the leader in mobile hunting, out on the limb, out on the limb manufacturing.com. So, out on the limb, mfg.com. Uh, broadside Camo, broadsidecamo.com. Use promo code Outdoor Drive on that one. Also, 
Oh, I hate this part. Come on. You got um, it. You're so close. You I drink think, your you drink I think from, it's I think it's timber tumblers. That's right. I was gonna say we drank from it all week. That's it. If you guys haven't been there, check them out. Timbertumblers.com. Um they are custom tumblers. Jason over there at Timber Tumblers. He is actually a fisher official sponsor of the Outdoor Drive podcast and the only cup we drink out of here at the Outdoor Drive podcast. There you go. So check him out, man. And I know that there's a link on his page to get yourself your own custom timber tumbler with your name on it if you want. Or in Steven's case, you can have his your logo on the back of it. That's right. Fully customizable. That's it, man. So check him out. Timbertumblers.com. Boom, boom. Oh, and if you go to our website, theoutdoordrive.com, uh, all of the links to all of the people that we partner and are sponsored by and up-to-date shit, you can go on there and check it out. So just go and check it out. It's cool Definitely. shit. Definitely. Yeah. There. And a quick add-on to that, uh, if you're listening to us on Apple, please give us a five-star review. Type in something nice in there. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us sing going. Jump on our YouTube. Check out the videos. We got something really nasty coming. Uh, just stand by. I hope to have the uh, edit finished soon. It's definitely daunting to make this as good as the hunt itself was, but it will be up while you're in there. Make sure to subscribe, like the videos, leave us a comment, good, bad, or ugly. I don't care. Just, Just give us a little something comment. and uh, stay tuned because we're going to have a hell of a lot more coming. Well, brother, what do you think? Let's go. Let's Time's up. Time's up. Time is up. All right. Well, let's get time's up online. What do you think? Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> Here comes a shooter. Shooter. Big buck. Stack, stack, stack. We're back on the phone with Nico. What's up, man? What's up, guys? Appreciate you having me on. Hey, thanks dude, for taking anytime. the time to do it, dude. It's the middle of the rut. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> things get a little tough. Yeah. No, it's all it's all good. Happy to be on here. Should be a good time. Well, why don't you tell everyone, man, who you are, man, where you're from, and and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Nico. Um, I'm from the middle of nowhere, Michigan, pretty much. Um. I am a firefighter by trade. That's my full-time job, Detroit firefighter. And then myself and now three other firemen, we run a outdoor show called Times Up Outdoors. And it's on Carbon TV and some YouTube and all your normal social media jazz. But uh, basically what that is is a couple of years ago, John, my buddy John, who runs it with me, got a hold of me and said, hey, you want to film your hunts? And I was like, you know, I, I've done it since 2012. 
And I was like, no, nah, man, not really, not anymore. I did it professionally for a little <laughs> bit. I worked for the Outdoor Channel for a show on the Outdoor Channel, uh, Fear No Evil with Psycho Chris Brackett for a little bit. And, <laughs> and so, that's, so I, I got back out of the industry. I'm like, no, I do it for me now, you know, and like social media stuff. But he talked me into it. We had some beers and we went off and Scott joined in and it, it just kind of keeps going and growing a little bit. It's all meant to just be fun. We're as blue collar as we can try to be. We, uh, we drink a lot of beer on the show and talk a lot of shit and kill some stuff in between. It's a mix of firehouse life and outdoors. So it, it's a pretty good time. Real lighthearted. It's not your cookie cutter show. We're not, we don't make any money. We're not sponsored by nobody. So it's all just, just, just out there doing it like good old boys. Yeah, man. Just want to share the love of it all and try to spread the word, get new people involved. We're big on getting kids and anybody new into the outdoors. I take a goal every year to get one or two people started. And uh, we've been very successful in that. So we do some hunt giveaways. We take people out and we don't have any huge farms or anything like that, but we know enough people where we can make it happen. So you just have like your own little mentoring system where that's pretty badass. Yeah. That was big with me, man. Growing up, I was real fortunate. My dad moved us out of Detroit when I was a uh, young kid and he ended up in the middle of nowhere somehow. And then he bought 20 acres and built a house on it. So that's where I grew up more or less for since the time I was about 10. Um, and I had a bow in my hand forever. My dad didn't hunt until we moved out there. So he taught himself everything and then just kind of taught me. And it was huge in me that I did that. So it kept me out of trouble because I was kind of a shithead growing up. So I hear that basically kept me from being a real shithead. And, uh, because of that, I just always felt that I need to get some of these kids out there, you know, some less fortunate kids or just somewhere they might not have anywhere to go or nobody to teach them. So I focus on that. I like taking kids out. That's awesome. Did, does does a state make it so that it's easy for you to bring like mentor kids and stuff? Because I know like some states are tough. Yeah, it's it changed. Uh, so when I was a kid, you had to be twelve to use a bow to deer hunt and fourteen for a gun, and now it's you have a mentor program. So as long as you're with somebody over twenty one, I think it is, and they have a license, you can buy them a youth license and they can hunt. So you don't even have to take hunter safety your first year. Wow. It, pretty nice it's real convenient i don't take a lot of kids deer hunting when they're young but i take anybody i can turkey hunting that's like oh yeah that's how i get you out outdoors through the turkey woods oh yeah turkeys and we have a ton of them around so you know kids are easy you can put them in a blind and they can do whatever they want and when turkey comes in just try not to miss so yeah and that's and that's a big hook yeah the interaction it gives you that you know they're the word i'm looking for i guess would be engage the entire hunt oh yeah as opposed sure. to deer hunting where it's, you know, sit still, be quiet, wait, you know, they can move, they can do things, you know, and that, in my opinion, is the best way to bring youth in. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about scent. You don't have to be cold. You, they don't have to sit still. You know, you can put them in a blind and right. move around. You don't have to get up at four in the morning. If you want to go out at noon, I'll take you out at noon. Well, I don't care. We can hunt all day in Michigan. So that's awesome, man. Cause like here in Connecticut, like I bring use or try to anyways, but a lot of times they have to have the hunter safety and, and it's so tough because you can't get a new kid into it because now they got to go take a hunter safety course. So then you, you can only pick people who have been around the hunting world because their parents or whatever. So you're only taking a small, so you don't, you don't, it's a small percentage of kids that you're actually be able to, to get into. into right. the so, outdoors. so yeah. in Connecticut, they don't have a, uh, uh, what's the word? Wow, I'm spacing tonight, man. I still mentor. Gotta, yeah, mentor program. Yeah. No, you have to have a hunter safety course. Wow. Before you can go and hunt. 
which sucks, man, because I don't, so many kids I know that want to go and do it, but it's like you got to go to get a hunter safety course thing first. Yeah, I know down here in Virginia we have apprentice tags. Yeah. So they, they can get an apprentice license on an apprentice tag and go with a licensed hunter and get them involved that way, and then they do the hunter safety course. Wow. Uh, well, I'm 100% honest with it or not 100% sure if I was to look it up. I don't know what the hunter safety rule is for Michigan anymore. I got mine when I was a kid, but I, I've taken people out. I never even asked if they had hunter safety or not, but they just give them a driver's license and they get a tag. So I don't know. Yeah, if I like that rule. Feeling in that or if I, I don't really, I don't even know what the rule is on it. I just, whatever, man. That's, yeah, they're out there hunting, man. That's all that matters. Yeah, I just want to bust their ass. You tag, you're legal. I'm not going to let you do anything super stupid. You're standing by me, so we'll figure it out. Right. right. Yeah. You've been around that enough. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got the tag. You don't no, need a tag. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to go. <laughs> no, it goes there pretty often. <laughs> okay. I was just making sure. No, I get... I'm definitely not sensitive about it. Don't worry. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I I'm... I got out before all that happened. I, I missed okay. all that. I was free and clear when all that went down. Thank God. You were smart. <laughs> yeah. I left when uh, – when I saw the – you could pretty much see it, so I was getting out of there. I was surprised with the stuff that he got in trouble for as far as the poaching. Um, the cameraman side of it, I was not surprised by. Right. I was surprised to see him break a law, though. He he wasn't – none of that went down when I was around him. Crazy. Um, I definitely – I don't have a bad word to say about him other than he's a hothead <laughs> motherfucker, but he'd say that too. He, you can, he, you he, can see that. <laughs> yeah. That dude hired me for no reason. He had no reason to hire me. He should have never hired me, and he gave me a shot. And it was uh, so I've always be appreciative to him for it for sure, man. He he hooked me up big time. He gave me a place to live. He gave me I gave me a free bow. I mean, he gave me everything I could have needed, and I got to film. I thought I was living the dream, you know. That was my dream job growing up. Right. I learned about three months. No, it ain't. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> no. It all it changes entail? when you put a camera in. What's it, uh, What's it like, man? I went there so. We didn't even get to hunt. I went there early summer. I was in a uh, heating and cooling at the time, and I I loved his show. I loved Arrow Affliction growing up. That Me was too. my favorite show, man. So I was a big fan of Chris. I thought he was a cool dude. So he would do this thing when he was driving on trips. He would make phone calls, I think, just to pass the time. So if you, like, shot him his number, he would call you if he was bored. So he called me one night, and I asked him how to get on. He was like, just start filming everything. I picked up a camera and started filming everything in 2012 and I was filming shit. And then one day he's like, I need a cameraman. I need a cameraman. I didn't know why somebody that big would need a cameraman that bad. Like no, why nobody would <laughs> figure it out, but I didn't know at the time. So I took my iMovie and all my stuff I recorded. It was just kill shots. And I sent him anything I could kill from squirrels to birds, to deer, turkeys anything i killed i just sent him like a four minute clip of shit dying horrible video i mean garbage editing there was nothing good about it bad footage but he was like you know how to kill shit i'll figure the rest out whatever you can move down here move down here that was a friday so i quit my job friday night and i moved to illinois monday Jeez. and then uh basically it was summertime so we were setting up all the properties so we were filming food plots and all that stuff you know he was sponsored by a bunch of guys at the time and then doing like all the trade shows and the expos and all that jazz, traveling around the country, filming all of that, doing all that, practicing. And then we would stay up when we were in town. Basically, I had my place, he had his, and I would 
we would meet up at one of the two houses and we'd watch hunting shows until three, four in the morning and take notes like a football coach watching the other team. Like what we liked, what we disliked, what angles were good, what they did that was good. I mean, he, we broke it down. And that's what made his show so good. That and his producer or editor at the time was the best in the game, which was uh, Chip City Spalding. Oh, yeah. That dude's a legend as far as I'm concerned. So, But he was good, man. He, The way he filmed the shows, and we, we filmed episodes and stuff. Like we were filming episodes in August for a deer he had killed in November the year before. Like that was how, which is how a lot of these shows work. You know, there's a lot of acting involved in it. And that was when I realized I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. I was like, I can't, right. I can't lie like this. Yep. Or you're flat out lying to people on how shit went down. And that's everybody, man. It ain't just, trust me, it's not just Chris. That was, I met the whole industry through all that shit. They all suck for the most part. Almost all of those guys are assholes. They run their mouths about their fans. They lie about their show. Their sponsors are fake. They're not, they're, they're not, they're, they're fake, but they don't even use half of them. Right. They use a different broadhead completely and show that one that they're using and stuff like that. The only guy yep. I met that I thought was legit was uh, Tim Wells. He was cool as shit, man. He was the only one that was like, this dude's not lying about anything. The show's real. He's real. His family's real. And I, I, I know there, there are shows that are having kids just to have the look of a kid on the show. Right. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? sells. It just, yeah, just whatever sells. And I get it. It's a business, but that's not how I wanted to live. I can't lie to people like that. I felt like scum for doing it. So. I feel that one. Yeah. So that's kind of why you've taken the turn and kind of done the whole time's up thing the way that you have? Yeah. There's not a lie in it. I can't do it. Like, you know, you guys have seen all the hunting shows. You'll see a shot and they'll shoot something and then you'll see like a angle of them drawing the bow in the episode, you know, as the deer's coming in. I'm like, yeah, that's shot with a drone. Like, yeah exactly <laughs> me, man that's fake stop yep. nobody cares that much anyway i mean when do you watch the show and be like damn i really needed to see him draw right there like we try i'll put gopros and shit and over the shoulders and if we get it cool but i'm not faking it i'm not an actor right i'm not here to kill shit and hopefully i get it on camera half the time it don't even happen yep. it's tough it's yeah. not an easy yeah. thing that's why they don't do it because it's so <laughs> tough to do it man and well, a lot of how, shit how many cool. deer in ohio alone would have died had we not been trying to play with a camera. Oh. Yeah, that camera cost us quite a few bucks. I have a couple of bucks that were on camera that went out of frame or when you would have went to go shoot or, you know, obviously I shot and missed that one. That wasn't on film, but I had had him. He came out of frame. That shit happens all the time, man. The, the buck I shot last year, I was trying to film it. And then he was running after a doe, and then I was trying to film it, film it, film it, and then he he went out of frame, and I went out of my life, couldn't take a shot at him. And then about a minute later, he comes running back after a doe, and I was like, fuck that camera. I'm going to shoot this thing. Like, I don't yeah. even care about the camera as much That's as I want to get it. That. He said the buck was coming right down the trail, filming the whole thing, all perfect, and all of a sudden he made a hard left, and it was like, now or never, so we don't make money off of this so i'm not losing right big deer over it it is what it is yep i mean it's nice when it all comes together man it yeah. is if it's meant to be it will happen i promise yeah. you yeah believe exactly. in that dude <laughs> after this trip <laughs> yes to make with carbon now you know we got to put out x amount of episodes and you know we've got some stuff that we got we have to do 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll find a way to make an episode out of something else before I let a good buck get by me because of it. And, I mean, it still happens. Just fiddling around with the camera, you'll lose deer because of it, man. It's extra noise. It's extra scent. It's extra movement. Yep. You're, you're going to screw yourself sometimes. But now I can't go to the woods without a camera. I feel naked. Oh, yeah. I'll vouch for that. I, I walked off and left the camera in the truck one day during this trip. And I got into the stand and set up. And I stood there going, something's wrong. <laughs> Yeah. And when I realized, I was like, damn it. And their whole hunt, that whole day, you feel naked. It's like, okay, I have a bow and a rangefinder. <laughs> yeah. This is weird. Then you start thinking something really cool is about to happen, and I'm definitely not. <laughs> oh, and it did. It did. <laughs> I missed out on some of the most epic footage I could have ever got if okay. I'd have had the camera that day. But you know what? If I'd have had the camera, I may not ever have the chance at the footage. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't have. You know, being able to sit there still not worried about a camera things naturally happen when you throw in that movement like you're saying it tends to screw things up yeah for sure so. I mean, there's a lot of extra my camera arm squeaked this morning it was dead quiet and that stupid thing i couldn't believe it. it's never squeaked before it makes a squeak i don't think it's spooked anything but that was the first thing first thing that which my mind is like, i made it in here all the way in here without making a sound you get up in the tree and i squeak <laughs> and that's all it takes for your mind to go three million directions what did i just ruin yep so how's your season been thus far? Um, it started off awesome, man. I my first couple of days, I saw I got so I hunt in Michigan primarily two different farms. Um, I had I put no I went a totally different route. I wanted to do no trail cameras for the first time and that I can remember. I just wanted to hunt deer. I felt like I was missing out on opportunities because I was so focused on well, I've been getting deer on this camera over here. Yep, and focusing too much on it. So I I kind of wanted to hunt the sign a little bit more. I got the saddle now you know, I'm going to try to hunt deer a little bit more than hunt, hunt pictures. So I still saw deer while I was scouting, driving around. So I knew I had two bucks on one farm I wanted and I didn't know any about the other farm. I had no photos, no anything. So my first sit, we had a good wind. I said, I'm going to go right into this bedroom where I think this buck lives. It's cold. And I'm going to try to kill him. Hunted all morning, got down about 10 a.m., climbed out of my tree and he was 70 yards in front of my tree stand the whole morning bedded down and never knew he was there yep he stood up out of his bed looked at me like what the hell is that and then just kind of slowly bounded away and i haven't seen him since so i don't have any cameras there. i don't know if i spooked him out or if i just ruined that bed i go you know who knows and then at the next hunt i saw my number two buck on that farm he was about 80 yards away and uh then i put a couple cameras out on my main farm as I was hunting, I was like, well, I'm going to put a couple, just see as the season goes, put them over scrapes. Now, here we go. And I got the biggest Michigan buck I've ever had on camera on one of my farms. So then my life changed and I hunted that farm. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. I've seen him. I saw him one day. um, I saw him one day at about 1030 in the morning, pushing does around in the swamp. And uh, he's still around. I still, he's still alive, but I haven't got a crack at him yet. Jesus. But uh, that we hunted that for most of the rut. I was in Missouri for the last seven days. Yeah, seven days we're in Missouri. We did public land. Myself, Scott, and my dad went. We went to the northwest corner of the state on a big. I saw Missouri's got public land that's bow and muzzleloader only and bow only and all that. So I used to hunt the northeast corner. It's been great. I haven't killed a deer there, but I've seen some giants, had some opportunities. I just choked on and But I wanted to hunt the northwest corner. I love Kansas. And that terrain is similar to Kansas, so I wanted to go there. So uh, we got to our first piece of public ground. It was bow and muzzleloader only. A big piece. It was like 3,600 acres, which I think was my mistake. I found a piece that was too big. 
and there was probably there's two campgrounds on it where you can stay probably 20 plus trucks there the first night we were there right i, mean, I saw more people than deer by the f- time i found a spot that didn't have any people in it it still had two tree stands on it so i felt like the uh the mature deer weren't going to be doing what they would be doing just from the pressure on that farm so we drove east found another piece with much less people on it another good chunk of land kind of the middle of nowhere and uh, we had some good days man we saw i said my dad missed a buck scott got to full draw on a buck and i just couldn't quite make it happen he got to full draw a second time couldn't make it happen my dad had a 140 almost run him over he was walking to his spot had a doe come running at him knocked his arrow came to full draw she turned and a spike and a 140 were following her. Oh. It's a, literally five feet from like if he didn't draw the dope, probably would have bounced off him. So, uh, but he couldn't stop him. He was at a dead sprint, so he kept going. Um, I had what I thought was about a 120 inch buck coming in. He got to 10 yards, and then I realized he didn't have any G3, so he was uh, just a giant frame six point. So uh, you can't kill six points. So you got to have four points on one side. Right. Yeah. So. I probably would have shot him because it was our last night, but I, he walked away. So it was a good, good few or a good week of hunting. We met some cool people. Um, some boys from Minnesota were out there that we became buddies with. They shot a little buck. Uh, so that was cool. They had a camper that they're living in for the week from Minnesota, but it had hydraulics that lowered right to the ground, and it's an ice fishing shanty that they tore. <laughs> it bad ass, man. It that is bad. That's sweet. Cool. I was like, that that thing is cool. He said that that's a common thing where they're from, wherever they're wow. at. It was cool, man. It was all pine wood on the inside. It had a little Jack Daniels on tap in there. And it was sweet. That thing's cool. I guess man. you guys are hanging out there a lot then. <laughs> yeah, we them real quick. That's awesome, yeah, man. I came back today. We drove through the night so that we could hunt that following night. And uh, my dad went, got home, washed his gear because we were sweating our asses off in 70-degree Missouri every day. Yep. Washed his stuff, took a nap, went out and pulled a buck an hour into a sit back in Michigan. So that's awesome. It worked out good, man. We can't. I can't play. My brother shot a 146 inch um, on October 2nd, all on camera. We just released that episode a couple of days ago. Um, that deer was cool, man. Bucky called Medusa. That I was, I was super pumped for him. He did everything right. The buck read the script. He did it all right. So yeah, we got a 146 and another Pope and Young down already. So. That's, That's a good ass. damn season. Yeah, the boys are doing good. I can't complain. I only shoot a Michigan buck like once every three years. Seems to be about average. Just the farms that we hunt, and that's about you know, it takes me about three years to get a mature deer to walk by me again. So <laughs> I nothing did wrong with that. Row, and it's been two years since. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so you this do. is the year. Yeah, <laughs> you do. So do you guys only deer hunt, or you guys do a little bit of everything? Everything, man. That used to be my thing. I would joked about was if if I can get a tag for it, I'll hunt it. So um turkeys and deer are our biggest push do a lot of bow fishing um we didn't do as much this year a lot of walleye fishing on the detroit river because that's i mean that's what it's known for is walleye so we do a ton of that um john's pretty big into bird hunting like he takes a trip to west virginia every year to go hunt grouse yep stuff like that um scott does a bear hunt every year in canada except for covid killed that we did a bear hunt last year um covid killed that uh we do a little musky fishing bunch of pike fishing, a lot of ice fishing and spearing, stuff like that. Anything duck hunting, big waterfowl, geese in September, Michigan gets pretty decent. My brother's a waterfowl freak. I mean, he's about as hardcore as they come, so I follow him around and 
just do what he tells me to do and we shoot a bunch of ducks. And <laughs> well, that works because he has the decoys and everything you need. You just go out there and have the fun part. Yeah, he's my younger brother. So I compiled decoys as I grew up and then he became a duck freak. So I just leave all my stuff at his house now. Oh, yeah. I'll meet you out there, bud. <laughs> yeah. I keep telling Trev, I, I'm not going to get into waterfowl because I already dumped too much money into deer. Man, it's expensive. But it, it is it is a good time. Scott did it for the first time, and he said the same thing. He's like, I can't do this too much. If I start to like it, then I'm going to spend yep. way too much money. Oh, yeah. Exactly. We, take a look, we, do, uh, we do a youth waterfowl. Like, the youth waterfowl hunt in Michigan is awesome every year. So, it's a, <laughs> I'll take kids out duck hunting just because I can't shoot them yet, and I want them to be able to get shot. So, we take kids <laughs> off of that every year. And, um, I think that's a big bonus of the youth hunting because you get to go out in the woods and you know where all the animals are and they're not going to fuck up because oh, they yeah, still be there in the early season. The ducks we get, we've had some amazing duck hunts and like these kids can't, sometimes they can't shoot for shit and we're still getting limited uh, mallards coming in the fields and stuff. It's like, man, I never get these kind of hunts. They're yeah. gone. They migrate by the time we can hunt ducks. Right. Bastards <laughs> don't even know how good you got it right now. I never had this shit growing up. Yeah. Until <laughs> they get older and then they don't have that and it's shitty and they're like, well, that one time when I was a kid, I got to shoot all these ducks <laughs> it's cool though man a kid i took uh turkey hunting and duck hunting he had never hunted before his family didn't really hunt a little bit um i see him on social media now he's he just graduated college so he's probably 20 21 22 um he is hammering ducks he's a big into deer like it's cool you know so we took him out and he's been doing it ever since his little brother's into it with him now that i awesome. love that shit man it's it's been fun it's yeah, so cool it's about see, yeah it's been great scott got a buddy of his uh, city kid met him through crossfit or some shit just said he wanted to learn how to do it next to two or three years later now he's canoeing in some public land in the middle of nowhere he bought himself all brand new shit and he's killing deer on public land like he's trying he's teaching us how to do shit all of a sudden the dude ate it up it's, i love that stuff man it's that's my favorite that's what it is man the, the student's supposed to out out learn the teacher man that's yeah, just I'm the way it goes it. I Hell keep yeah. one of these guys is going to have a really good farm. They're going to let me come hunt one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> the average is going to go up, but then. Yep. Somebody's grandma is going to have a farm they didn't even think about one of these days. True story. <laughs> That's what it's all about, man. That or they're going to marry into a two-section woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all you need right there. Yep. yep. <laughs> so with you guys being fire – now, are you guys all firefighters or it's just you – yeah, so Scott, John, and myself started it. Um, my dad has always had a big hand in it. He likes to film, so he'll film whatever he can. He's a firefighter as well. And then my brother just got on. He's uh, he's almost two years into it now. So yeah, we're all we're all firemen down there. How do you guys balance like being a firefighter and the outdoors? And oh, that's the easiest part, man. We only work. Our regular schedule is uh, nine days a month, twenty four hour shift. Oh wow. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> what the? Yeah. It's crazy as hell. We I'm work a day. life choices. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we all have second jobs, right. but we all own our own second businesses. <laughs> so I can pick and choose when I'm when I'm working and when I'm not. So yeah, do a lot of work come hunting season. Yeah, I bet. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, so it's 24 hours on, 24 off, 24 on, 72 off. You do that three times in a row, and then you get five days off, and then it basically starts over again. Wow. That's nuts. That's well, awesome. You guys are crazy busy when you're at work. Um, Yeah, most days for sure. It kind of goes in waves, but uh, yeah, as far as firefighting goes in this country, yeah, we're we're busy. It goes by the house too. It depends on where you're at. Scott and I run at the same firehouse. 
Um, John runs at a very nearby one. My dad runs at a nearby one. And those, that whole area of the city is, it's broken. We we get it. If we don't have at least one structure fire in a day, it's very surprising. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we usually get one to three. This time of year, we're gonna. It, it's it's busy right now. Yeah, I would assume um, with uh, the holidays and everything popping up and all of that, holidays, it's really gonna pick up. Crazy. Yep. Yeah, Jeez. the first uh, the first heat wave, and then the first cold wave, and holidays. We'll get it going, and there's really? stuff in between. Is always there's always somebody burning down something. You don't think about it, like because we're all from you know the rural area. You don't a house fire like you hear about it once every year. You know, yeah. like a big house fire. But I guess in the city, I guess it's got to be pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, I it's funny, my dad. You know, he was a fireman growing up. He's got 30 – when he was when I was growing up, he was a fireman. His dad was as well. I'm third generation. So, um, I kind of lived around it. So, to me, it was normal. And they fought way more fire back then, like the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Oh, they, yeah. They were having five to seven fires a day. Like, that yeah. wouldn't – that was Back nothing. when there were no codes, no regulations. Oh, well, I mean, just – and Detroit went from booming to rubble really quick. Right. So in that 20 year span, they burned everything. That was how they handled things. So yeah, he did it in the busiest time. So, you know, we, we missed all the, the real firefighting. We still, we're still busy as far as, you know, cities go, but as far as how Detroit goes, the old guys laugh at us when we think we're tired. (laughs) 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 They're fighting fires for 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, they there's I mean they've all got stories of coming to work and going to a fire and never coming back, going to another one, going to another one. And just rolling. I crazy. Imagine. And I bet you the whole COVID thing has been kind of crazy in the city. It was Did insane. You? Detroit was a hot spot for a while there. Um it got pretty bad. We we were over the top busy with it. It sucked for a little while. Um I'm not going to lie, man. It's pretty much I haven't had a true COVID run that I know of here, you know, knock on wood in a little while. I know it's coming back and the numbers are going up. Um, yeah, I know people that are getting it. John actually just had it a couple weeks ago. Um, but it's, I'd be very surprised to see it come back in the force that it did. Right. Um, you know, yeah, I ago. think a lot of it's run its course. It was insane though for a little bit. It was somebody who doubted it and talked shit about it. I was slapped in the face with it. Real, <laughs> really? Yeah, man. We're in a, I'm in a pretty busy part of the city. Um, there's a lot of people still in my chunk of the city. So we do a lot of medical runs too on top of our fire. We, we're medical responders as well. So yeah, man, we were, we were doing COVID runs all damn day for uh, probably about a month. It was CPR a lot. We got pretty hectic. That's Crazy. nuts. I couldn't even imagine, bro. Yeah, it, it could still. It's a. It is the greatest job in the world, though, man. I, I wouldn't pay <laughs> nothing. I, I fucking love it. It's really so fun. Yeah, man. I love going to work. It's great. Or you it's go home and adventure. you you have a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. You, yeah, you man. Like something that mattered. I'm I'm lucky to have a fiance who's a cop, so she kind of gets it. You know, the pride you get in it. Like I'll come home after a couple of good fires, and it's my adrenaline's still high. You know, you're. Oh yeah. It's like shooting. A, it's the only thing that I can find that comes close to shooting deer. Like really? that adrenaline rush. Yeah. That's yeah my, dad, my dad who's been doing a long time said the only thing that topped it was jumping out of a plane. It's the only adrenaline rush he can got. And my buddy John said, the only thing that's beat that is being shot at. And he was a military rat. So yep. <laughs> get shot at, get jumped out of a plane and get shot at as you come down. That's yeah. the rush. Yeah. That's the ticket. Trust me. You can't beat that. <laughs> You'll never match that. Yeah. So it's, it's a rush, man. I, 
I fucking love it. I'd fight fire every day for sure if they'd let me. And they won't though, right? Why do um, Why do they do like this? The nine days or whatever the twenty. Oh, yeah, you, you gotta relax. You gotta mentally. It it does. It, it'll it'll kick your ass. You can work every other day. Um, like you can get overtime and stuff like that. Like you'll get overtime shifts. So like usually, before I started my second business, I was working nine to eleven days a month. That's two overtime days, which is an extra you know it's extra forty eight hours. It piles on pretty quick. So, but it's basically. You can't work 48 hours in a row. It's mentally, man, it, it, it kicks your ass. You never really sleep. Like, even if you're asleep at the firehouse, you're always on edge. You know, you're ready to be woken up at any second. So you never really get into that good sleep. You're never really relaxed. You're mentally always kind of ready to go. So, And that right. probably goes away or it goes easier as you get on longer. I've only been on four years, so I'm sure that relaxes as you go. But I'm still on edge all the time, ready to – jump at whatever it is young guy yeah still wet behind the ears yeah i want to go to it all scott and john got six years i got four my brother's got two so so i guess the outdoors is kind of the relaxation part for you guys to be out and doing that oh my god yeah it's i mean i grew up out in the middle of nowhere and then you go work in detroit it's a pretty pretty (laughs) hectic city man there's from gunshots and fires and Babies, we've Scott has had Scott has seen at the same corner two babies fall out of a car, like not like kids that crawled wow. out of a car. I'm talking baby babies somehow were put out of a car. Like so, the woods are a Jeez. good place to go and chill out and relax. And you know, as much as I I love working for that city, and there's some amazing people and citizens and things to do there, and it is a damn good. It's a fun place. I'm happy to relax and get out of there after I've done a couple stints in a row with it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And spend time with the boys. It's probably why you guys drink a lot of beer. Yeah. You know, beer helps. Beer, yeah. <laughs> beer helps. Agreed. <laughs> beer helps. Whatever it is, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what, but it does. It does yeah. what it needs to do. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So that's cool, man. I did show it. I, and, and what, what really like, what drove you to do it, to get back into it again though? Like, and like full fledged like that. I know that, like, you kind of got talked into it, but. Yeah, John met me up at a bar, and I never really met John before. I knew who he was. I had seen him at some fire. Same with Scott. Like, I knew who they were. Um, but I met John up at the bar, and he was fired up about it, man. Like, I think he thought it was, like, his next million-dollar idea. So I had to talk him out of that. But John grew up in the AV world, so he worked for a huge audio and visual company setting up shows and doing that stuff all the time. Like he's worked for some major bands and done all kinds of cool shit. So he's an audio and video freak. I mean, so I was excited to have that guy on cause I'm not that I'm not a super mm-hmm. technical person. Scott's like a social media guru. He's amazing at it. He studies the shit out of anything he does. So I think just kind of hearing the team and then being with a couple of like-minded guys, I really didn't see a negative in it. I figured we'd give it a go. And if it sucked, it, you know, we'd be done and who cares, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal, but, uh, right. It, it got fun in a hurry. Like Scott thought Scott went into it like, yeah, I'll get a GoPro and I'll put it on my bow and I'll film my hunts. And now Scott's got multiple drones and all the cameras, (laughs) you know, it took off in a hurry. Once we realized, Oh shit, this is, you can't do it with any of this. We're all kind of the same personality where if we're going to do it, we're going to go after it. So what are some of the goals that you guys have for the future? 
it's weird, man. Like I, I said from the get go, I'm not doing TV. I was like, I'm not getting on TV. I'm not paying somebody ten thousand dollars for thirteen weeks of airtime. I'm just never gonna do that. So, Carbon TV. We got onto Carbon TV from our buddy Kyle Greenway. It's another show called Greenway Outdoors. They're a Michigan show, and they got on, and they kind of took us under their wing. Um, we're totally different shows. We are not. They're like a Christian-based family show. We are not, you know, as much as you know, we, we try to keep it as clean as we can. It's not, we're just not, I'm not going to pretend to be that. So, but Kyle took us under his wing, got us involved in carbon. And I, we talked to the owners, um, Jules McQueen, Autumn and all them out there. And, uh, I just like their ideas, man. They, they're like, yeah, you can drink, you can swear. She, you know, she gave us like some things you can't say. And it was some shit that I'd get fired for if I did say. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. That, that's all right. <laughs> And uh, I, I just like that there was no, there's nothing holding us back. They put one commercial into it because they it's had normally make, a Chevy or Ford commercial. Chevy commercial, yep, every yeah. time. So, and that's cool, whatever. And then we got to pick how long our episodes were. We pretty much pick when they air. You know, we just had to fulfill the number that they want because they want decent content and it can't suck. Was pretty much her thing, right? But so it's like the goal off of that, I guess, is just to keep going with it. I would love to make a few dollars off of this or at least enough to pay for a couple trips. Um, I guess if I was to be honest with it, that would probably be a goal to find a way to make just enough money to pay. I want to take my dad on a moose hunt one day. Like, however I can get enough money to pay for that. That would be like my ultimate goal. I don't give a shit about the TV. I don't really care about any of that other stuff, whatever that is cool, but I'll never sell myself to do it. Right. So, I, it might not be achievable because of that. I'm not going to pretend to love this broadhead if I don't shoot that broadhead. I'm not going to do it. I don't care that much. I think the industry needs more guys like you guys. And I think that's like where Carbon TV kind of has taken it. You know, it yeah. seems that across the board, everybody that's on Carbon TV is that real dudes. They're not, they're not filming it um, six months after they shoot it. They're real blue collar, hardworking dudes. And they're really starting to change the, the industry to the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah, Carbon's done a nice job of like, so they have some big name shows. They got Waddell and Lakoski's and a few other big names on their stuff, and they should. It, it helps them grow. But they do like the Carbon Awards. They do a few different awards they give away. Those guys are never on it. Like, I right. think they just, for whatever the reason is, that's just not their way. I don't know what it, what people are paying or what's got to be paid and all this and that, but people can now see, you know, you turn on, pick a show on the Outdoor Channel for the most part, and you can see the fake shit. Like anybody who's paid attention, oh, yeah. filming is so easy to start now. You can get softwares on your computers and you pick up a camera for a couple grand and you're in. Like, yep. You know, that's, that's a high end stuff. You don't even have to have anything that expensive. So it doesn't take long for you to realize, like, oh, that's, that's fake. And I yep. think people are tired of the bullshit. You know, it's kind of like media, mainstream media. Like people are tired of being lied to and fooled by a bunch of shit that really isn't important. So why are we pretending it is? So I, I think people are starting to see that, and it, it's a lot more fun to just be real, man. Outdoorsmen, for the most part, are blue-collar dudes. We don't need you selling us shit. We don't have enough money to buy half of it anyway. I'm not yep. buying this <laughs> shit every time. I would love to. It's amazing. I can't afford it. <laughs> so, it's true. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So, we don't need the latest and the greatest. Yeah, your, your $700 pair of pants does not appeal to me. No. 
yeah, that's cool that you can have it, but I'm not going to pretend I can, so why do I don't give a shit. I don't need to hear your 45 seconds about how it had helped you kill your deer in the tree stand that somebody hung for you that you paid $4,500 to go sit in. Yes, no, exactly. Man. I'm not down in it. I guide, too. I'm an outfitter, too, for turkeys. I'll, I'll take you out there all day. You want to give me your money? Let's go, man. But I'm not going to pretend to be something else out of it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm 100% with you. And that's one thing since we switched over and started kicking a lot of film you can really sit and look at any production and you know what was shot during the hunt and what was not. Yeah. Because I refuse, absolutely refuse to use anything in our videos that was not shot during the hunt. I won't, I don't care if it's B roll of the, the, the moon or the sun going down in a time lapse. If it didn't come from that hunt, it's not going in the video. Yeah. I don't like it. It just, it feels like I'm lying. We, like I said, we did an episode, man, and we filmed it. And you can move, like, if you're real good at editing and producing, you can move arrows, like, in flight and make it look like you hit a deer in a different spot. Yep. I've seen oh, yeah. it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not oh, that yeah. I ain't taking that much time to edit anything. But just to lie to 2 million plus viewers on them big, big networks? Yeah. Nah, it, ain't, it ain't for me, man. It's, and then you see how big these guys get. Some of the people that I looked up to growing up, I meet them in the industry and they're like after the show is done and we're getting together to drink and they're talking shit about everybody, man, yep. this, that, and the other. Bro, all he wanted was a fucking signature and to shake your hand and you're to talk shit. He's the reason you make a dollar, bro. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Yep. Piss me I mean, right off. There, Seeing girls on the industry that are like, oh, the little country princess. I know she's engaged. And I see her fucking some other dude that she's taking into the hotel room. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Get the shit out of here. Yeah. You know, I want my TV show and I've got a line of products and then I get caught in one of the largest poaching rings in U.S. history and then I'm butthurt because I got caught. Yeah. Not throwing any names out there, but... You're going to try to say that you didn't do it? Yeah. Oh, it's not It's not worth fighting the, the court fees. Uh, we'll just accept a, a guilty plea <laughs> yeah, because we'll of that. Guilty. Yeah, that's how that works. That's yeah. what I when I'm when I'm not lying to. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just plead guilty because it's just an easier thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Again. It won't cost as much. Right. It's it's crazy what what it's become. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of it too is a lot with you know some of that shit, that fake stuff that they're putting on there. It's it's not good because then a lot of people that look up to them are trying to do those things. Yeah. And uh like you got the opposite spectrum of it like uh not to advertise you know people that they need but like shows like the hunting public which is exploding. Mhm. It's the opposite, man. So people are seeing holy shit, I don't have to go sit in a $6,000 tree stand in Iowa, I can go to Ohio and kill a big deer, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it. Like nobody cares. Nobody's impressed anymore by your 200 inch deer on your private farm that you've had 700 acres on in yeah. Iowa. Yep. Nobody's impressed. I'm not. It's cool. I'm jealous for sure, man. If I owned it, I'd be doing that too. That's how I look at it. I know right. how this game works. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's Let's you. just not tell too many people about Ohio, though. Let's yeah, just Ohio it. sucks, also, guys. That's what we were joking about, man. Like, we went to that Missouri piece, and I'm like, podcasts and TV shows are the reason this place is packed right now. Yeah. For sure. And then we met that other piece. There was a group from Michigan that were there, and they were like, we've been coming here 16 years. I've never seen other hunters here. And there was like four other campers set up. Yep. Like, yeah, you can take the hunting public and shows like that for <laughs> yeah. podcasts like we're talking it's it's tough because i want to get everybody involved um you hear a lot of big names talk about it there's a podcast i listened to the other day the dude's a professional hunter he was saying how his brother hates it 
because you're getting too many people out there and they're all going to go hunt his spots and he can't go shoot his shit now and it pisses him off. And I, I can see both ends of it. Yeah, and, and that is honestly a negative effect. We did see some of that in Ohio. I do see it here in Virginia on our limited public lands um, as it becomes the new fad. You do see a lot more people going out and trying to replicate things like the hunting public. You know, hey, I saw they were here, so I'm going to go hunt it. Yep. You know, and it has a positive effect in the hunting world, bringing new hunters in, influence, et cetera. But at the same time, it does hinder what public hunting used to be. Yeah. Now it's a fad. Right. Yeah, you can go buy your saddle and go swing around in a tree and go hunt it. And mm-hmm. I do it. I mean, I started going to Missouri three, three years ago because I just wanted to go hunt somewhere other than Michigan, and I fell in love with it. And I tell everybody how great it is. <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. Dumb. Yeah, but, we're uh, the same way. I feel like I want my Michigan friends that – it's not that we don't have big deer here like most states. And they, they're around, you know. But I hunt an 88-acre piece, and that's the biggest piece around. And it's surrounded by 10 and 20-acre pieces with four or five guys on each one. It's hard for a deer to get to maturity. It is what it is. There's a lot of people hunting, and everybody wants to kill deer. And I want everybody to kill them too. If we could all shoot 130 points – then I'd be thrilled, but there's only two that live there a year, basically, and they're dead. So it is what it is. That's how it yep. goes. Exactly. Hey, you want to? You hate it here too? Let's go try somewhere else. Yep. Now people are realizing they can do that with Onyx and fuck. As much as I try to not talk shit about it, crossbows and shit like that, everybody and their brother can go just go hunting now. <laughs> take anything to just go hunting. So yeah, like I said, there's there's an upside. It's getting people hunting, yeah. trying to bring that back, but at the same on the negative side, it does have that impact to those of us who have been doing it. Yeah. You know, cause now anybody who wants to go, man, like I say, I take kids out all the time. I just think there's a, there's a right way to do it. And there's a way to do it that I don't like as much. I, I, I'm not going to bitch at anybody for it, but you're not my favorite. I yeah. think, I think it also brings guys like us to, to work even harder. Yes. So it's going to make us better hunters. Well, seeing that there is a flip side to this, like we experienced, you know, we were fortunate enough to meet up with some locals in Ohio who had been hunting that place for a long time with, you know, good luck, but not, they were watching the buck Trev got among other bucks that we saw while we were in there, but they had never seen them. Yeah. And when we did the recovery, they came with us. And they were able to see kind of the, the foundation of how we hunted versus how they hunt. And it, I think it flipped a switch for them that, okay, it's not a TV show. You know, field edges and fence rows aren't always going to kill the giants at sundown. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's not the Drury's property. Right. Well, and, you know, hunting Michigan. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- there is the flip side is it sucks because he came in there and out of state came in, took one of his target bucks, but he was super cool about it and more excited for Trev than if he'd have shot it himself. So there was that upside. We also got to teach him something in the process. So maybe that will help him in the future. You know, there's an upside to it. Downside is out of state or came in there and killed his target buck. <laughs> I think guys got to open their mind a little bit to it. Uh, that was something we had to do as we adjusted on the fly was you're on public land, everybody and their brother can use it. So be as positive and helpful as you can with it. Agreed. Oh, like we showed up and I met, there was four dudes from Michigan and I met the one guy right at where we were parked at. He was a super cool dude. Here's where I'm hunting. You know, we showed each other on the map. Here's where he's at. 
all right, I'll stay away where your boy's at. Okay, they're over here. Cool. One of them killed a deer. You know, let me know if you kill one, we'll help you out. Everything was cool and cordial. I never really met anybody out there that sucked. There was a couple people you could tell were kind of pissy. You know, you walk and you can see somebody and they're flaring their arms and they look all pissed off at you. And it's like, oh, sorry, bro. It, it is what it is. But you got to be able to help each other out, man. Like, talk, everybody, don't be afraid to talk to people. Right. So we left. There was two new kids from Michigan that came in. And I flat out told him, I'm like, we're leaving. I don't know if I'm ever going to come back to this chunk of land. I just saw a 140, a 120, and three or four other decent looking bucks. This is where we were at. I would start there. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Don't, don't be afraid to help everybody. I'm not saying give your honey holes up if you got them, obviously, but help each other hang the deer and track the deer and share beer, man. Don't everybody, everybody wants to act like I got to kill the buck. Well, you're probably not going to kill him anyway, man. The odds are that somebody else is going to, so. Just share a little bit, but don't, don't be so oh, yeah. Everybody fights with their neighbors on private the same way. Who cares? We're hunting. I want to kill the biggest deer too, but if my neighbor kills him, he did it right and did it legally, hey, good for you, man. Cool. Yeah, I'm just as stoked for him. Yeah, awesome. Let me come see it because I want to touch it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if Trev would just shave his, his uh, mustache, then... Uh, <laughs> He'd be Amish. Yeah, the Amish. <laughs> yeah, you'd be he, in. He had a really good meetup with some locals around there, some of the Amish folk, and uh, that was their <laughs> advice is shave your mustache and you don't have to wear a mask, and we saw a big deer over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I had a couple of Amish dudes walk up on us. They were pretty cool. We had a great yeah. time. You, you, you hear about how bad they are, though. Like, everyone talks about how bad they are, but the, these guys I met were cool as hell. They're like, it's public land, man. Hunt wherever you want to hunt. You know, like, cause we were going to go on the same ridge and he's like, it's public fucking land. Let's hunt. You know, and they were wicked cool People about it. It's because they, you know, you'll see like I had a dude walking out with a blue shirt and a crossbow in his hand. And I think that like people just get mad and say they suck. Well, I saw an Amish dude walking in there, a local dude. And I'm like, I might be in a halfway decent spot right now, but I'm betting he knows where the deer are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amish dudes can kill some deer. Yeah, There's no question about it. their houses, they all got giant deadheads hanging on their porches and shit. I'm like, this guy's got it figured out. I'm yeah. This guy. Yeah, and they, they don't need all the fancy extra shit and the gimmicks and the cells. And they go, I need something to shoot, something sharp to go through it, and I'm good. And they're cool with you for the most part. I haven't ran into anybody that, like I said, anybody that was local, I had no issues with. Or that had been there. It was new people from out of town that were just like us that were, I don't know if they were just upset because there was a bunch of people and they didn't think there would be or what, but right. Like, you know, like you're saying, it's public land. You want to hunt a hundred yards away? I can't tell you no, sit over there. Yeah, for sure. It is what it is. Yep. I'm mad at you. So Nico, we got one question here on the outdoor drive podcast, man. And that's what, what drives you outdoors? What drives the outdoors? What drives you outdoors? Me outdoors. We already know what drives the outdoors is a bunch of fake shit, so <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get past that. <laughs> I, uh, I've written about it a couple times, man. I call it the anticipation of the unknown. It's definitely what drives me outdoors for anything. It's Even if you think you've got that big buck pattern, you never really know. If you think you're on the X for the ducks and geese, you never really know. You know, Is this goose going to have the band on it? Is this bass going to be the one that breaks the record? You, you never know. Like people talk about being bored fishing. I'm like, man, every cast, I'm thinking this is going to be the one. Yep. You know, every, every sit, I think I'm going to kill that buck. So it's, it's, you never know, you know, you turn your head left and right and you, you just don't know when that giant's going to be there. It, it's the draw of that, the pull of that for me, that 
you know, on top of the the normal, you know, it's the the peace and the serenity, and I love all that shit too. But I love the when you feel your stomach flip when you see that big giant buck in your heart <laughs> going through the roof all of a sudden, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, it, trying to choke it down out of your throat. Yeah, pretending that your knee's not bouncing off your stand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Steve, I think Nico's got to figure it out because the rest of us, the rest of them, sure is fucked in it because that is definitely what drives me outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't have time for that. You went, oh shit, grab my bow. <laughs> no, you didn't have anticipation time. Yeah, that's when you get lucky with it. When you don't have time to think, it's usually when you're going to be all right. I it's great. I'll go through it real quick, just just yeah. so you know. But so when that talk about filming and everything, when it's going to happen, it happens for a fucking reason. And that was the primo supremo situation where it definitely just happens. Like I'm filming one deer, and then that happens, so I just start filming the the deer that I end up shooting. Like it just happens. And then like throughout the whole entire hunt, I'm trying to film another deer, and can't even get the fucking thing on film. <laughs> but when it happens, it happens, bro. It's supposed to happen. It's going to happen, you know, especially in filming world. Yeah, man. I, you live for it. It's like that that little bit of time, those few seconds, is you'll think about it until next year, and you'll continue thinking about it after. It's just it sucks you in. You can't get rid of it. And you see it in some people. I'm sure you guys have done it. Like you take somebody out, and they have a cool hunt, and you can see it. Like, no, you ain't coming back. It's just not for you. Like though they might go hunt a little bit more and stuff, but – then yeah. you get by it. And then you'll take some kids out or somebody new and you can see it in their eyes when they get to pull the trigger or even before they pull the trigger, like, oh, this kid's hooked forever. Yep. I, I love that shit. That's my favorite thing. I take new kids out just looking at their facial expressions when shit's exciting. It's like, oh, this kid's got it. He's hooked. I'll be t- I'll be seeing him out here later on. You're, you're born with it, in my opinion. You're born with it. And then it's like, it's like training a dog. They're yep. born with it and it's, and it's in their blood. And then all you have to do is just pull it out. And when you start to pull it out, then you can just see it and you're like, he's got it. He yep. does not have it. He's got it. And you can just tell like who's going to make it and who's going to like, wh- if it's in their blood or not, man. And, and it's got to be that killing instinct. I mean, like we said, there's, there's, uh, there's hunters and then there's gatherers. It's okay to be a gatherer, but some of us are just hunters and it's just that's just the way it is yeah <laughs> i'm gonna say that in a nice, well in a nice said. way yep. all right well nico i know we're coming up on a hard time you got a hard cut off tonight but uh before we cut you loose can you tell everybody where to find you where to find the show and uh anything else you want them to know yeah so uh check us out check out the show if you haven't downloaded carbon tv yet um it's basically netflix but free and it's all hunting and fishing and outdoor shows. Um, you can get on to see the show's ratings and stuff. So check out Carbon TV. Look up Time's Up Outdoors on there. Give us a rating if you can. And then uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Same thing, Time's Up Outdoors. So, And uh, chat with us, man. Pay attention to our story. That's something we like to talk about is our Instagram story. It, if we're all together, it's usually a, a pretty comical event for everybody. So <laughs> get a little firehouse life in there. Um, we try to show the love as much as we can. That's pretty well monitored nowadays. They don't, they don't want us promoting through the firehouse. So we got to kind of be careful on what we do. So we got to find ways around that, but, uh, you'll see, you'll see, you see a lot of us doing dumb shit and having a good time and just, uh, yeah, check it out. It's, it's all real raw and just us, man. There's no, there's no bullshit in our show. That's, that's what we're always saying. It's how oh, Garrett yeah. says it raw, real, no bullshit. Yeah, man. That's exactly it. 
we're, we're going to have that episode will be out. That's going to be our season finale. I think uh, two or three weeks, that'll be up our bow fishing episode with those guys. That's going to be fucking sweet. Hell yeah. Can't yeah. wait to see that, it. That's trip. Yeah. So there's some well. cool stuff from, uh, from ice fishing to bears and deer and turkeys, bunch of kids and youth stuff on there. So if you're a Michigan guy and you want to shoot turkeys or you got a kid that wants to shoot turkey, shoot us a message, man. We will take you out. We usually get about, at least two dozen turkeys a year up people out there. So nice. Trev, you don't qualify. <laughs> I don't qualify. No, no you don't qualify. You <laughs> <laughs> get a few people out of state every year, man. I just think it's funny to drive that far for Eastern Turkey when you can shoot them anywhere, but right. Boys come up from Kentucky. They had a good old time. Hell yeah. Good let's shit. Go to, let's go out to Nebraska or Kansas though and shoot some Rios and Miriams again. That's there cool. you go. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Dude. You mix, out there anytime. I love that shit. Mix it up. Hell yeah. Well, man, we can't appreciate you jumping on enough, giving us your time. I know you guys got a ton of everything else in life going on. So the little bit we could get out of you, we greatly appreciate it. And I'm sure everybody listening got a good kick out of that too. And uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. So anything you ever need, reach out, let us know, and we'll be happy to help. Same to you guys, man. Really appreciate being on. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, Thanks again for the show and for everybody out there listening. We want to thank you guys for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. Drive.